Hello, welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode number 45, number 45. I'm going to emphasize that because I screwed up. Anyway, I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave. How did I screw up? Well, I lost count of my episode numbers. So if you'll look at your podcast feeds, you'll notice there's two episode 43s. Because I thought I was on 43 the last episode I recorded. But no, I was on 44. So 44 is this lost number out in the vapor of the universe. But, and I have two 43s. But just as 43 part 1 and 43 part 2 and I decided to 44 apparently I don't like that number maybe so I don't know but this is episode 45 I knew this was going to happen I knew I was going to get screwed up on these numbers somehow but uh, but this is it's official this is 45 there's two 43's and there's no 44 but oh well <laughs> I wish I could go back and change it but really not quite sure how to change it once it's been put out on all the podcast apps and all that uh, I love this Anchor app and it's allowed me to do this podcast easily and for free which is the main thing but uh, it's I'm, I haven't really figured out how to alter things once they're posted to all the podcast services so I don't know in the future I guess I'm going to have to make sure before I hit publish that I got all my ducks in a row because obviously I didn't but anyway, this is episode 45, number 4-5. And, uh, you know, hopefully it won't confuse people too much. Uh, let's see. Well, what, what's happening here? Well, I'm still, I'm like, I'm off all week. Uh, tomorrow, or today, actually, because it's like 2 a.m. now, so I'll go to bed and get up at some time today. I think I'm going to take the kids and the wife to see the new Star Wars movie. I admit it. I'm a Star Wars uh, nerd, and I grew up with it. I mean, in 77, when the first Star Wars came out, it might have been one of the first movies I saw in a theater. And again, showing my age here. But I'm not afraid to admit it. I've grown up my entire life with Star Wars being a big part of it. And, you know, it's been really interesting to see like my, my sons growing up and them being into Star Wars and I think that's kind of the really cool thing about this movie franchise is like, you know, the original people that were in on the early Star Wars, uh, you know, uh, the early Star Wars uh, just uh, blowing up and changing our lives and affecting our lives. And now our kids, we've had kids now and our kids are into it. So it's something we can share that's a really really cool thing and uh like to see my kids as excited about seeing the new star wars movie as i am it's i mean that's not too many movie franchises have been able to you know go through generations quite like star wars has and anyway i hate to keep waxing poetic about star wars and it's affected my life but i'm a little concerned i've read some reviews and I don't know. It's kind of sounding like I might not necessarily be happy with this one. A lot of Star Wars fans are kind of anti this new movie. 
critically, it seems to have done pretty well, but the fans, the true Star Wars nerds, seem a little disappointed with the handling of certain things. But apparently, the next movie they're going back to, like, J.J. Abrams, I think, which might be a, a positive. But we'll see. I'm going to go see the movie today. And uh, if I do a podcast tomorrow night and I sound depressed, it probably means because I didn't like the new Star Wars movie. But we'll see what happens. I'll let you know. If, I, if I'm really excited tomorrow, then that means uh, it, it still did it for me. But hey, let's talk. Let's, enough of the Star Wars nerd talk. Let's talk about some other nerdy stuff. Let's talk about some photography. How about that, huh? So speaking of Star Wars, The Last Jedi, uh, one good thing about it, which I'm looking forward to, it was shot entirely on film, on Kodak motion picture film. That's a big thing for us. I mean, if you listen to the podcast that I talked about uh, where Eastman Kodak the film manufacturing plant in Rochester, New York that makes the motion picture film also makes the still photography film that Kodak Alaris sells us. Well, we need that. The, most of their profits seem to come from motion picture films. So as long as movies, especially big blockbuster movies like Star Wars is getting shot on film, that's a good thing. Keep that factory churning it out. Keep it profitable. And then we should have our still photography Kodak film for a long time. As long as major studios are using motion picture film from Kodak, we'll get our beloved Tri-X and T-Max and Ektar and Portra and all that good stuff. So I was really excited that even Star Wars has not went to the digital devil. But uh, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Looking forward to it tomorrow. But like I said, let's 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 talk some photography stuff. And the thing I want to talk about today, you know, a couple episodes, one of the I think one of the episode 43s, one of the two 43s that are out there was about filters. One thing I didn't talk about was UV filters or UV protector filters. Uh, also, back in the day, they had like Sky 1A filters. Uh, also, sometimes called haze filters. They had different, several different names, but most of these were pretty clear filters that, you know, supposed to cut out some UV light. Uh, like if you're taking a really long distance uh, landscape shot, uh, they would cut out like sort of a bluish cast to like the ultraviolet haze had like a bluish cast that would show up on your film. And they would eliminate those, but it was a very minor uh, effect, and you know, may, you may not even notice it. But a lot of times, these filters, whether they be haze filters, uh, UV filters, or Sky One A's, uh, they were mostly bought to protect your, the the front element of your lens. And back in the day, a camera shop would hardly let you buy a camera or a lens without wanting to sell you one of these types of filters to protect that front element of the lens. Because, hey, you know, buy this cheap filter and you won't scratch your lens and it's good insurance. And plus it cuts out UV light. And so these were a big sales tactic of camera stores back in the day. They literally made you feel 
like you had to have one of these filters on the front of your lens to protect that expensive glass. So, you know, most people did it for a long time and there's it's a raging debate. Should you use one of these filters on the front of your lens? A UV filter or a haze filter or a Sky 1A. Now, Sky 1A actually has a little bit of a pinkish tint to it and can actually warm up your photos a little bit. Say you're taking portraits or whatever, so it can be a slightly warming effect. So, but as far as the UV and the haze filters, they're pretty much just clear. And, you know, a lot of people say use them. It's better to break that filter or scratch that filter than to scratch the front element of your expensive lens. Uh, but other people are like, oh no, why would you buy this expensive lens and put a cheap filter on the front of it? You're degrading the image quality. So the debate rages, much like the debate between film and digital or between different film stocks or whatever. You're always going to have tons of debates out there. But, you know, it's, uh, it's something that we have to think about. Even digital shooters are having to deal with should they put one of these UV filters on the front of their expensive glass. Of course, when I talk about these filters, I'm talking mostly about your inter interchangeable lenses, like SLR interchangeable lens cameras. I'm not really talking about this so much on like your range finders or compact cameras. These are your expensive interchangeable lenses or whatever. So what do I do? Well, I don't have a whole lot of super nice lenses. I don't pay much for lenses. Like, you know, I have some, some decent lenses. My best lenses are probably my, my fast 50 millimeter lenses, the 1.7 50, 50 millimeter Pentax lenses. But you know, they're relatively cheap, but they're probably my sharpest, best lenses. I got, a, you know, some, mostly my prime lenses, 28, 135, those type prime lenses are my best lenses. But I didn't pay a whole lot for them. But I do generally keep a, a UV filter on the front of those. Um, I mean, there's times I'll take it off. Like there's, I have noticed at times where I'll get like uh, some kind of, uh, I don't know what the, the word is, some ghosting of the image a little bit. If I'm uh, pointing the lens at some bright light or something, uh, I'll see like a where it's causing some issues. And that, in that case, you know, you can see it in the viewfinder, take off the filter. But... I found it as pretty good insurance on my better lenses and it definitely hasn't really degraded anything image-wise to the point where it bothers me. Um, I use, like I've said before, I, I just use like Tiffin UV filters on my better lenses and um, if I see it's causing a problem when I'm shooting it, I'll just unscrew the lens, unscrew the filter. But um, you know, but as far as degrading the image, I'm not, I'm not seeing that. And if it does, take it off. But like if you're out and there's some kind of some bad weather or it's kind of misting a little bit, it can get really annoying. Uh, I'd rather wipe the mist off of that filter than continually wipe my front element of my lens. So that's another case where, you know, a protection UV filter or whatever can come in really handy. Um, but my cheaper lenses, like cheap zooms, stuff like that, I don't put a protection filter on those. I don't really use zoom lenses much anymore, but I have a couple. I'm not trying to protect those. I mean, if they got scratched or whatever, you know, who cares? I don't have much money in it. 
And also, I think it should be said, it's a lot harder to scratch these lenses than we kind of think. Like, these coatings, especially modern lenses, lenses, but like even older lenses, it's, they're harder to scratch than we think they are. I think the biggest fear is dropping a lens. And if it was to land right on the front element, if you have a UV filter on there, the UV filter will break. And that's better for that to break than maybe the front element of your lens because the UV filter will take the impact or whatever. So, you know, it's your call. I use them on my better lenses. And I will take them off if it seems to be a, giving me any adverse situations. Or if I'm in bad weather, I'm very thankful that I can not feel too bad about wiping off a filter uh, over and over and over because of mist or weather conditions rather than rubbing the front element of my lens which by the way I, I still think is a lot tougher than we make them out to be but that's how I approach it my best lenses have a UV, UV protector on them and if I'm in bad weather or something I'm gonna have to clean the lens a lot UV filter absolutely cheaper lenses why you know no UV filter and you know, if you're in a situation where you know you're going to be able to take care of your lens the entire time, it's not going to, you're not walking through some woods where some twigs or brush is going to rub against the front element, then maybe that's not necessary. But I, I think UV filters are decent insurance. And for the most part, 95% of the time doesn't seem to be degrading my image. So I feel a little better having them on there. But it's your call. Do what you want. Have fun with it. And, you know, UV protectors are not that not that expensive. But I, like I said, I use Tiffin. They're fine. But do it, you know, decide what's best for you, I guess. All right, that's the end of this episode of the Negative Positives Podcast. You can see my photography on Mike Gutterman Photography at Facebook, at Instagram, at Gutterman Photo. You can email me at guttermanphoto at gmail.com. Everyone stay positive. Take some cool film photos, and I will see you soon. Thank you very much.